this month at Women Offshore, we hosted our annual conference online rather than in person. We had about 300 people attend over two days, and we heard from speakers in the maritime and offshore energy industries. Even though it was online, I found it to be an inspiring event. And as we do every single year when we host our conference, we give you a recap on the podcast. So with me today is Julie Schaefer, an attendee who's going to share her thoughts as well. This is the Women Offshore podcast. I'm your host, Ali Cedeno, a mariner and founder of Women Offshore. Women Offshore is a 501c3 nonprofit organization supporting a diverse workforce on the water. Hi, Julie. Hi, Allie. We're done. The conference is over. I know. It went by so fast. I was just so surprised at how quickly it went by. Right? I felt that way, too. I remember starting the very last session and thinking, wow, all this hard work, it's over with. Everyone was so hyped at the end, so it was really exciting. Yeah, I guess that was a little surprising for me, seeing how much energy was in the chat and how excited people were, even after two long days of content. Yeah, definitely. I was yeah also surprised at how much energy was able to be conveyed over technology and Very much so just through typing chat, you know, not even through hearing other people's voices. I could just definitely tell there was like a lot of excitement going on. During this episode, let's recap the conference. And I want to take everyone back to the beginning of this year. We were planning an in-person conference and it looks pretty good. I was so excited for it. Our third annual conference was going to be huge. We were expecting 400 plus people there. Everything seemed to be going smoothly until COVID hit. And we realized that it was not going to be in person and we might not have an event at all. We did nothing for a few months. Then we just monitored the situation and decided to postpone everything until later this year. Wait until we felt more confident and what we could provide the community. When summer came around, we made a decision that we were going to hold a virtual conference, something that we'd never done before. But we rallied, and I think we created a great lineup using some of the content we had planned on in person and adding even more. And in the end, we had this theme around empowerment, speaking up, and going after your career dreams. So overall, Julie... You were an attendee. What did you think about it? I thought it was great. And I didn't know what to expect about the technological platform of the conference. I really didn't have any expectations. But in retrospect, I think it was a really neat way to do it because you probably had a lot of people there that might not have otherwise had the ability to join in. And I think that those are the kind, you know, maybe people who live in different countries and can't fly here, maybe people who are at work and can't get off. So I think that was even more valuable in that those may be some of the people who want to be here or need to be here or benefit from being here the most. Is that it was a huge success and a great idea. And I'm really glad you still held the conference in spite of everything that's going on in this world. 
Thanks. Yeah, I agree. And we decided since it was going to be virtual, we could give out lots of scholarships. And the International Maritime Organization came on as a sponsor to help with those scholarships. So it was great being able to provide around 50 scholarships to cadets and people who needed it to be able to attend the conference for free. And they got some women offshore swag in the process. Yeah, definitely. Before we recap day one, I want to give a big shout out to the sponsors of the conference. We really appreciate all of their support and their contributions. So starting from the top, I'd like to thank Transocean, the International Maritime Organization's Gender Program, Women in Maritime, Chevron, Two Piers, Jace Curry, Mercy Ships, Duke Marine Technical Services, and Young Brothers. We'd also like to give a special shout out to James Spear for his individual sponsorship. Yeah, woo! All right, Julie, so day one. Day one was October 2nd in the morning Houston time. We started out with a very personal message from Liz Schwartz, Vice President, Global Exploration, Chevron Upstream. She spoke about authenticity in the workplace and being a leader. So a little bit about Liz. Liz, of course, is a role model to us at Women Offshore. She's been Vice President of Global Exploration at Chevron since April 2018. In this role, she is responsible for Chevron's worldwide exploration program. She also chairs the company's global exploration leadership team and is a member of Chevron's management committee and upstream leadership team. So what were your takeaways, Julie, from her speech? I had some really key takeaways from this speech. I loved this speech. I thought it was really inspiring. But I thought something interesting that she said was about conflict. In my previous roles as a mariner, I haven't always necessarily had to be a person who helped others solve their conflict in terms of a team unit. And what she said was that the person who can solve conflict is the person who is the most valuable. That person is even more valuable than a person who can diffuse conflict. And I thought that was really interesting. I'd never thought about it like that before, but I can see that as a, you know, continuing growing mariner, that advice will become some of the most valuable advice in setting myself apart and helping me grow and become a better leader. The other thing that she talked about was being vulnerable. I'm not sure if she used that exact word, but she did, in terms of authentic leadership, talk about how it's okay to show your team that you don't always have the answers. It's okay to show them that sometimes things are hard or just be vulnerable. And If you have the strength to show that, then you can lay out a path for others who will follow you. And that the most authentic and best leaders are those who inspire people to follow them, not those who command it. So I thought that was a really neat thing that she talked about. She also talked about investing in others. In, you know, my more recent career, I've had to invest mostly in myself and I haven't put much thought into investing in others. But she said that investing in others is just as important as investing in yourself. 
because when you're purpose-driven and when you inspire others to be purpose-driven, you can improve the working unit of your team. Yeah, she gave us some great nuggets to take away and appreciate all the time that she spent preparing for the speech and how great her Q&A was, too. There were a lot of questions from the audience, and she really took the time to answer them thoroughly. So, Liz, if you're listening, thank you so much for speaking to us and opening up our conference. We couldn't have asked for a more perfect opening keynote. So thank you. Following Liz Schwartz was Admiral Mark Busby. Admiral Busby is the Maritime Administrator of the U.S. Government, a position that he has held since August 2017. Prior to his appointment, Busby served as president of the National Defense Transportation Association, a position he has held since retiring from the U.S. Navy in 2013 with over 34 years of service. I interviewed Admiral Busby earlier this year on the podcast, and he's always a great guest, full of amazing sea stories and an inspirational leader. He shared with us the importance of the U.S. Merchant Marine. It was a good place in the agenda for him to speak because the next panel was full of seafarers from both the maritime and offshore energy industry, and they talked about navigating relationships while offshore. And that can be a tricky situation when you have a family at home or a loved one that you're trying to stay connected with and you're working so far away especially if something goes wrong. On this panel, we had Captain Amanda Wallace from Chevron. She's a vessel superintendent there. Arlette Jandira, Marine Engineer from Sonegal Marine Service. Cassie Laskowski, a Marine Engineer. Her husband, Curtis Laskowski, who's a captain. Lilani Rebolito, who's an Operational Excellence Performance Engineer at Chevron. And the moderator was Christine McMillan, a marine vetting specialist from Chevron. So, Julie, what did you take away from this panel? I loved this panel. I thought it was really well outfitted. They had some of the mariners talked about romantic relationships. I loved that they had a couple, an actual married couple. Some of them talked about their boyfriends. and Some of them talked about their family. So I thought it was really neat because it had something for everyone. What I took away from it was that communication is key. We all know that talking to your partner is key. But something even more interesting was when they talked about doing things together over the internet, reading the same book, watching the same movie in your respective places, or maybe even playing a board game was really a valuable thing. I thought that was interesting because it gives you and your significant other something to communicate about when maybe all you're doing all day is getting soundings and writing things down in the in logs and maybe arguing with your crewmates or laughing with your crewmates and the other person is doing groceries. This gives you a platform that is synced. So you can communicate about it and grow together over it. I also thought that it was really important that they talk about managing expectations. Sometimes it's about choosing your battles and sometimes it's about setting boundaries and sometimes it's just about setting expectations. But if you don't do this with your significant others, you can find yourself 
disappointed more often than satisfied. And that doesn't help a relationship at all. Yeah, I think it was very impactful when the panel talked about the importance of not giving some information to your spouse when they work offshore. So if you're the person at home, you don't necessarily need to tell them everything that's going on because that's maybe something that they might worry about that they don't need to worry about. That was an interesting takeaway as well. Definitely, definitely. And that definitely feeds into managing expectations, you know. What do you share with the other person that helps them and doesn't hurt them? What followed afterwards was the networking breakout session. So I know people were excited about this one. And the feedback afterwards was, we need more of these. We want more opportunities to meet more people. For me personally, it was pretty great. I actually ended up in a room with one of my professors from Cal Maritime when I attended And there weren't too many other people in the room. And we were all kind of just chatting about what we did and each other. And, you know, for me personally, I got to reconnect with her, which was really nice. She was a professor that had always inspired me. And I hadn't always done the best in her class, but I still always really liked her. So we got to kind of reconnect and say, hey, how you doing? And now we're probably going to maybe get together for lunch. So it really did operate like a networking session in connecting people that might not have otherwise connected or reconnected. Good. And what's interesting is that the groups were done randomly by the system we were using. So yeah, it's not like there was any sort of preparation for that. It was just random pairings or random groupings. And it seemed to work out pretty well. So moving forward, we have a lot to cover The You Are Not an Imposter Workshop by Jace Curry. Here, she was able to educate us on self-esteem versus confidence and how to build both to advance our careers, develop self-worth, independent of accomplishments, and overcome imposter syndrome. So, Julie, what did you take out of this? I know you actually spoke during this workshop. I did. I did. You know, one of the first things that Jace started out with was a statistic that both men and women experience this. And I, I have to say, I really loved that. It wasn't necessarily the most positive takeaway. However, I think it's important not to feel so alone in insecurity. And that's what workshops like this aim to ease. And I feel like when we feel less alone in our insecurities, we're more able to communicate about them obviously, but we're also better able to help each other. And I don't think that anyone can overcome insecurities by themselves. I think we want to feel that we can because it feels empowering, but it doesn't seem like a reality. And so her starting out with that statistic right away got me on board with the discussion. Good. Yeah. I remember this. It just felt like a shift in the universe. I can't explain it. Other than that, yeah, we're meeting virtually, but I can really feel the energy just gasp when you and her were talking later on in the workshop, and it was about reframing situations. So where you think that maybe you fall short, maybe you can reframe that in a way that shows positivity. You want to share what happened there? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, so I brought up just a personal insecurity of mine. 
I know I ask a lot of questions. I know that sometimes those questions could be answered elsewhere, but I feel that they're the questions are best understood for me when I talk about them. So my question to her was, I feel like I ask too many questions and I feel like this drags me down. And she was talking at the time about reframing the way that you think about that insecurity so that it becomes a positive. So she told me to say to myself, what if the reason I've been so successful is because I asked so many questions? And I'll tell you what, it hit me like a freight train. It really made me examine the idea that what you choose to believe about your confidence or about confidence in general can greatly frame how you see yourself. So if you turn your insecurities into positive by just reframing the phrase that you think of to yourself, you can actually completely change your own self-confidence. I thought that was just incredible, revolutionary, really, I have to say. Yeah, it was a powerful moment and something I don't think I'll ever forget. So I'm glad you spoke up and you two had that conversation during the workshop and we could all hear it. So after her workshop, we had a panel called How Oil Companies Navigate Uncertainty. And this was important to us because of everything that's happened in 2020 and knowing that the oil companies, how they're doing can affect our jobs and we want to see what's going on. So on this panel, we had Heather Azar, Drilling Engineer Manager at BHP, Kathleen Dory, Well Operations Manager of the Gulf of Mexico at BP, Sunday Shepard, Applied Reservoir Management and Exploration Manager at Chevron, and the moderator was LaToya Stallworth, Offshore Installation Manager at BP. Great lineup, powerful lineup. These women are so accomplished, so well-spoken, and I was glued to my screen listening to them. What did you think? I thought that this conversation that they had with us really resonated with how I feel about this year in general, namely in the fact that adaptation is key, but the degree of adaptation that we've all had to go through and that these oil companies have had to go through is truly unprecedented. There's been an uptick in resiliency training in these companies. And part of resiliency is managing the expectations of what one can accomplish what these companies can accomplish. So they've had to do a lot of rethinking what it is they want to get out of the year and where they want to go. I just feel like this whole year has called for all of us to do some resiliency training. And the degree to which they've had to manage the expectations of the company is just unprecedented. I really felt for them. I feel like what we heard from them helped us as mariners to manage our own expectations about our future careers. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that and appreciate all of our speakers from the first day. That concludes our recap from day one. So let's move on to day two. And we started out with Captain Sandy Yan. For those who don't know her, she's from the show Below Deck Mediterranean on Bravo TV. She's a super yacht captain with 30 years of experience. We appreciate that she took the time to create a video for us, even though she was preparing to 
shoot another season of Below Deck Mediterranean. We originally asked her to be a keynote, but the video was great. She sent over like an 11-minute video. So what did you find interesting about her talk, Julie? I don't know if I could pick one thing. I have to say I am a huge Below Deck fan. I'm not a huge reality TV fan, but I can't keep myself away from Below Deck. I have loved that they've put a woman in charge. I aspire to be Captain Sandy one day. And I know that she's gone through a lot of changes in her career. There has been setbacks and growth. And I think that the key is always to continue forward. And I was really jazzed that she took the time to be with us. So I want to thank her so much for being there. She's a personal hero of mine. She's a professional hero of mine. And she's just such a wonderfully inspiring person. So thank you so much, Captain Sandy. Yeah. After Captain Sandy's inspirational personal message, we had small group discussions part one. And this is something that I led. So I set out with some instructions for everyone to utilize before they went into small groups. Ahead of time, getting together with some of the planning committee members, we wanted to tackle a hard topic together as conference attendees and see what people came up with. So we chose to focus on bystander intervention. So we asked everyone, how do we change the culture so that bystanders intervene? What should companies do? What should individuals do? And what can be done starting today? And then everyone went into these groups randomly to meet other people and talk about what they wanted to provide as an answer when they came back to part two later on in the day. We plan on taking these answers and putting them on womenoffshore.org. So keep an eye out for that later on. And Julie, did you take part in the small group discussions? Do you have anything to add? Yeah. My group and I just talked about the actual moment of intervention, the actual moment of insertion of oneself into a situation that might need intervening. We talked about the appropriate way to do that, the most successful way to do that. And what we came up with was that it was really important to have a positive and or neutral tone of voice and use neutral phrases like, hey, what's going on here? Is there any way I can be of assistance? And that would help someone intervene in a way that didn't exacerbate the situation. We just discuss things like that. Yeah, that is great. And I look forward to seeing everyone's contributions posted on Women Offshore. So again, stay tuned for that. And let's move on, Julie, to lifting the curtain on human resources panel discussion. This was an important panel discussion that we had planned for our in-person conference, and we decided to use it virtually as well. On this panel, we had Heather Peterson, Senior Director of Talent Acquisition at Mercy Ships, Janae Ortiz, Senior Human Resource Business Partner at APM Terminals, Jennifer Foster, Regional HR Manager of Americas at DNVGL, Kelly Merrill, Senior HR Business Partner at FOSS, Lisa Mullins, Director of Human Resources Offshore at Transocean, and the moderator was Caroline Bowen-Jones, Regional Director of Talent Management Comfort Systems USA. 
So quite the impressive panel, lots of HR experience, and we wanted to literally lift the curtain and see what happens behind the scenes in HR. And they gave an excellent, excellent presentation throughout this panel of what HR looks like from the recruiting process to investigations and more because there were a ton of questions from the audience. So Julie, what were your takeaways from this one? Well, one of my key takeaways wasn't necessarily the most prolific one, but it was PDF over Word. I was floored. I never even thought to send my resume in a PDF, but apparently that's the hot ticket. And from now on, I'm never going to send my resume any other way. The other thing that I took away from this was maybe, again, not necessarily positive, but everyone was so honest that even if it's not positive, it's very valuable in that we need to manage our expectations of the hiring force right now. And it's not the best time. I really appreciated them for their honesty in that regard. I also just loved hearing about the processes that they go through, the ways in which they mitigate any biases, whether conscious or unconscious. And it was really eye-opening to see how difficult their job is. As hard and stressful as it is for us to apply for jobs and positions, it's just as stressful for them. And so I really felt for them all in their positions and just was really thrilled to be a part of that discussion. Yeah, it was a great, great panel. I enjoyed it. And I loved seeing the chat blow up. People seemed so into it. And thank you to everyone who spoke on this panel for your contributions. Yeah, thanks everyone for coming. Moving forward, we're almost done with this recap. Self-Advocacy 101 Workshop, How to Reap the Rewards and Relieve the Risks with Erica DeRamo of Two Peers Consulting. And for those listening, you're probably familiar with Erica. She's spoken on the podcast a few times at this point. So self-advocacy can be a critical component of our development, career progression, and reward. The practice of self-advocating is also riddled with risks to peers. Erica Duremo joined us for this interactive workshop in which we explored a variety of tools and tactics to successfully practice self-advocacy in the workplace as well as our personal lives to then reap the rewards while mitigating the risks. This was a great workshop. I loved how interactive it was. I loved seeing the answers come in on real time. She used pollev.com where we were able to answer the questions she put up on the screen and you could see the attendees answers rolling in on various slides and graphs and it was just excellent. What was your take, Julie? I loved this workshop more than I, for so many reasons and probably in way too many words, I felt that this workshop could apply to anyone at any time for any reason. I actually applied a lot of these techniques later in the day, not in a Mariner-based setting. It took self-confidence out of the equation. It wasn't about being not confident or overconfident. It talked about how are you a big proponent for yourself? Are you enough of a proponent for yourself? Could you do it more? What are the positive ways that you could do it? I just felt like I got so much out of this workshop. We talked about risks of being an advocate, whether you're asking too much or rewards. Are you not asking enough? 
is the fear of losing where you stand greater than the fear of gaining where you could be? These all spawned in me an examination of how I look at myself and what risks I take and what risks I could afford to be taking more of. So I think this was probably everyone's favorite workshop. We all got something out of it, whether you were an offshore mariner or a HR person or a VP of a company. I felt like everyone could have gained from this talk. Yeah, special thanks to Erica for all her hard work. Great workshop. And we appreciate her coming back this year because she also ran a workshop last year. And Jace did too. Our closing keynote was Captain Wendy Williams. She was someone I met last year at World Maritime University when I flew there to speak and share women offshore and how it's grown over the last few years. And I remember the moment I met Captain Wendy. It was just electrifying. She is such a nice person. She's so warm and inviting, really easy to speak with. And you just want to hang out with her. And when it came time to choosing a closing keynote, I had asked her to speak and she was on vacation. And I thought, okay, well, let me know when you get back. And when she did, we reconnected and she said yes to being our closing keynote and set out to make a very personal speech to share her 30 years of seagoing experience. Now, she has worked on commercial fishing vessels, yachts, cruise ships, row row vessels, and has a lot of sea stories, as we can all imagine. She is a role model and a mentor. She's been a mentor at Women Offshore in our mentoring program. And she says that her greatest desire is to see a positive change with respect to women being able to reach their full potential in the maritime community. And Captain Wendy, if you're listening right now, thank you so much. Your speech was just so beautiful and a great way to end our conference. And we really appreciate your personal touch and everything that you contributed. I can totally understand why you felt that Wendy was electrifying when you met her. I don't know if it was the excitement from the conference or what she was saying or how she was saying it, but I was just hanging on to every single word she said. And she definitely felt like somebody that I would want to grab a cup of coffee with sometime. She had such an interesting story from going to having been a nurse to working in fisheries to then working in the cruise industry, all in my mind, couldn't be more different of industries and types of people in the industries. And it seems she's been really successful in every single one. And she's so personable and so humble that it's easy to listen to her. So I thought she was the perfect person to close out a truly experience of a lifetime kind of conference. Last but not least, our annual Wave Maker Award ceremony. So this year we had one winner. And for those who may not be familiar with our Wave Maker Award, it is an award that Women Offshore gives out each year to a woman in the maritime industry who has made an impact, not just in her career, but also on others who has lifted people along the way and helped them pursue their career dreams in the process. 
So we received nominations from all over the world over the last seven months. Amazing people. It was really hard to choose a winner. I was on the committee that that got to choose who would receive this award this year. And in the end, we're so honored to award the 2020 Wavemaker Trophy to Captain Makosi Bokazi from South Africa. And she was described as a role model and an inspiration and someone who goes out of their way to help people get into the maritime industry in Africa. And I have a quote from her, which is, my passion is to help people And I use my experience and knowledge to help and mentor those who are new in the industry and come from disadvantaged backgrounds in Africa like me so that they can maneuver and understand the industry better. This is an area I struggled with quite a bit when I started in the industry because I came from a background that knew nothing about shipping or maritime at all. So congratulations, Captain Bokazi. You are an inspiration to us, and I'm glad you were able to join us, even though you were on limited Wi-Fi because you were offshore, but I'm glad you were able to call in and share your surprise with everyone, and I look forward to seeing a picture when your trophy and the gift we sent you finally arrives. I thought it was great that she was the one who won the Wavemaker Award. She does something that is so valuable in this industry, simple but valuable, helps people understand, know about, get into the maritime industry. There are not a lot of resources for how do I become a mariner or what do I need to know to become a mariner? So people like her are the most invaluable people in the entire industry because they sit you down and they say, well, What you need is a Coast Guard license and here's how you get it. And these are all the websites and these are the things you need to know and understand. And this is the material you need to study for the test. I thought she was the perfect person to win the award. And I'm really, really thrilled for her. Yeah, I'm thrilled too. And I look forward to staying in touch with her and hopefully meeting her in person one day. Definitely. That concludes our recap. That's everything, I think. It was a lot. I think we covered everything. Do you have any last words to add before we end this episode, Julie? No, no. Thank you so much, Allie, for putting this on. This was truly, truly memorable. And I loved the platform. And I'm so grateful for everyone who was able to attend, the moderators, the speakers, the sponsors, and all of the attendees. Everyone was a valuable player. Yes, everyone contributed. Big thanks to the planning committee, to the board of directors at Women Offshore, all of the sponsors that we've had this year. Thank you so much for your contributions. It took a team effort to make this virtual conference happen. I'd also like to give a special shout out to Danielle LaFleur at easyaspiedesign.com. Danielle is the person who originally made womenoffshore.org possible. I went to her with this idea and she said, let's build a website because that's what she does. And so we have grown womenoffshore.org. A big part of that is because of the work that Danielle has put into the website and she created our virtual programs. So with all of that said, thank you for listening to the recap. And I hope you'll join us for our conference next year. Before you go, 
here are some events on deck for my colleague, Savannah. Hey everybody, it's Savannah from OGGN and here are the events on deck for October 2020. The first five events I'm going to list off are all online, so to start off the month, we've got the Women Offshore Conference, which is an online interactive event on October 2nd and October 9th. Second, we've got SparkCon, which stars our very own Mark LaCour as keynote speaker, and that one starts on October 5th and goes through the 9th. Third, we have the Oilcom Conference and Exposition from October 13th through the 15th. Fourth, we have the Ignite Talks with Cognite from October 27th through the 29th. And to close off the online events, we have the SPE Annual Technical Conference and Exhibition, or ATCE, on the same dates as the Ignite Talks, which is October 27th through the 29th. Next, these two events for October are in person. First, we have the Energy API Golf Tournament on October 12th at the Kingwood Country Club. And next, we have the Energy API 30th Annual Sporting Clays Tournament on October 30th at the American Shooting Center. Lastly, and most importantly, we have our OGGN live streams. This month, we have three going out, so make sure to tune into those. First, we have maintaining critical infrastructure during lockdown on October 1st. Next, we have material reductions in downtime that flow to the bottom line on October 15th. And last, we have strategic opportunities to right-sizing GNA and achieving free cash flow on October 29th. Now, these dates for the live stream shouldn't be changing, but they may, so make sure to keep up to date on these events by checking out the OGG on Facebook, LinkedIn, or website for more info. That should be all for October, so I hope you guys have a great month, and thank you for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to the Women Offshore podcast. What did you think of the show? Leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. Additionally, if you want to propel Women Offshore forward, please visit womenoffshore.org or womenoffshore.shop, make a donation, or purchase some swag. Until next time, stay safe out there, and I'll talk to you soon.